everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Pioneer. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, primal nutritionist, and primal movement coach. For the past decade, I've been helping people heal and overcome both acute and chronic health struggles from leaky gut, gut autoimmunity, and cancer to soft tissue injuries, C. diff, brain injuries, and anxiety disorders using a 100% natural approach. As a former Division I athlete and trainer of professional athletes, I also help people recover from injuries and help them restore their body from the wear and tear that often occur from such training. Today, I wanna welcome you to the Leaky Gut Protocol series. During this series, you'll learn root causes of leaky gut, how to tell if you struggle with this condition, how leaky gut contributes to many of our modern health disorders. I'm going to teach you why our modern approach to gut health is failing people every single day and how you can start recovering your gut health using a holistic approach that allows you to restore and remove root causes of your gut health struggles. To get started with the Leaky Gut Protocol ASAP, visit me online at heathershepherd.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com backslash the dash leaky dash gut dash rx. And stick around to the end of the episode for a chance to win my special offer to help you personally heal your gut. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Leaky Gut series. Today I'm going to talk with you all about probiotics and quite honestly why I feel that they're a waste of money. So if you're someone out there who takes probiotics, who's considering taking them, who spends a lot of money on them, hang tight. I'm going to explain why I'm not a big fan. Um, It's a big topic and I'm going to try to break it down for you here so you can understand my perspective um, a little bit more clearly and you can make the best decision for yourself when it comes to your probiotic intake, supplement form, food form, etc. So we all know of probiotics as beneficial bacteria and you can get probiotics from various different sources. You can get them from supplements, you can get them from drinks like kombucha or water kefir, even beer, right? It has to go through this fermentation process. Sourdough bread, sauerkraut, kimchi, um, even eating veggies grown in the earth, right? If they're grown in good soil that has a lot of bacteria in it because we want our soils to be teeming with a lot of different types of bacteria, which is why it's important to rotate your crops every year, not only to preserve the nutrients, but the bacteria levels in your soil, right? And this is a huge reason why... Um, conventional agriculture is a horrible idea and it's not sustainable and it's not going to feed the world like they claim it's oh we're going to feed more people by planting GMO crops and so you drive through places like Kansas and Iowa and the Midwest and rural places and there's just corn fields and soybean fields and all these different fields of monocrops right a single crop taking up 
you know, so many acres and they're, there's, oh, this is going to feed the world and this is how we solve world hunger and how we produce food in large quantities to feed people. That soil has no nutrients in it, let alone it's GMO. And when we don't replenish our soils, we virtually kill all life on the planet. So um, that's a whole topic in and of itself. Maybe I'll do a series on that in the future, but let's go back to probiotics we want to be eating our veggies uh out of the out of the ground right and we want to make sure that ground is teeming with bacteria that the the uh, farmers are practicing crop rotation um so that with the bacteria in the soil is um healthy and so that the soil actually contains nutrients in it but we get beneficial bacteria from our soils ideally right if we're not eating monocrops right if we're not eating the corn the soybeans uh, canola etc um and and also we get bacteria from the meat we eat from the fish we eat right these are all going to contain some sort of bacteria unless we do things like cook the food to death or um cook it really fast and high or uh, like with our veggies, you'll see spinach on the shelves that says like triple wash, triple sanitized. It's like cool, but actually now there's no bacteria on the veggies and this is actually a really important thing for our gut microbiomes to have access to the bacteria that comes from our foods. And I'm going to get into... Um, the whole topic of E. coli and bacteria and we're going to we're going to deep dive into all of that so you can understand it better and um, why being exposed to various types of bacteria is actually really important important for our health for our well-being for the planet so bacteria although microscopic they have huge implications on our gut health, on our overall health, both positive and negative, right? There can be positive things that happen when we're exposed to certain bacteria, or there can be not so pleasant things that occur when we're exposed to certain types of bacteria. And because this topic is so huge and crucial to understand when it comes to gut health, I'm actually going to um, be talking about uh, various different layers of probiotics, spores, um, gut health, our exposure to these things throughout this series. Now today I'm going to focus on why you don't need and probably shouldn't spend buco bucks on probiotic supplements and even probiotic superfoods. A lot of people, when they're trying to heal their gut microbiome, they'll go out, they'll buy sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, and then they'll end up drinking loads of kombucha or loads of water kefir or like jars of sauerkraut or kimchi in a day or a couple days. And this actually isn't a an awesome idea. And I, I'm going to teach you why here. So um, I want to... I wanna, Put this out there though, okay? So by eating more probiotics doesn't mean you're going to be benefiting your gut and hopefully you'll understand why after this episode. But here's why you shouldn't spend money on probiotic supplements in my opinion. For one, the probiotic strains in the store contain one, 
to a few to several different bacteria strains. And all of these strains, they're considered beneficial, helpful, supportive to the gut microbiome. But here's the thing. You don't actually know what type of bacteria you personally have in your gut unless you've done a GI map stool test, which I do offer this testing in my practice. However, I'm going to be honest, I don't think it's necessary to get a stool test uh, to heal your gut unless you want to screen for something like blood in the stool, which could be a sign of colon cancer, right? Some of my clients want to check in about their colon health. Um, Many of them don't want to go the colonoscopy route, so instead we'll start by doing a GI map. And if I see any red flags on that test, then I may advise them to take the next step with a colonoscopy. However, in... 99% of the cases, if there's a red flag, if there's any disturbances that show up on the GI map, I use homeopathy to help them rectify these conditions and I can say it is very, very effective at doing so. But in general, I don't think stool testing is a necessary means to helping gut disturbances, right? So if you struggle with gut health, and you reach out to a practitioner about, oh, I want to heal my gut, one of their first things is they're going to advise you or encourage you, hey, get a stool test. Most people go ahead, they get a stool test, they get the results back, but now what? Then you have all these foods to like eliminate from your diet or all of these like supplements to take because you find out you're not a good detoxer or your immune system isn't working effectively to produce um, certain uh, uh, antibodies or um, immunofactors and and so then you end up down this rabbit hole of restricting foods and taking a lot of supplements which actually keep you from addressing and removing the root cause of your gut health struggles. So if you've had a GI map, you also know what strains of bacteria are in your gut both good and bad. But honestly, those levels can vary rapidly from day to day, week to week. They should change depending on the season it is. So you're going to have a different gut microbiome, colony, makeup in the wintertime versus uh, the summertime. Your gut microbiome is going to look very different, especially if you're, um, you're living a more primal, wild lifestyle that I teach people how to do and how to go about and how I really outline that in the leaky gut protocol. Um, so as well as all my work together, because this is at the core, it's at the heart of, of everything. Um, so I want to mention that even if you've had a GI map, you know what your good bacteria levels are. You know the beneficial bacteria levels. You know the not-so-good bacteria levels and what they are. But I really want to emphasize that these bacteria levels should vary. Maybe even from month to month, week to week. It's going to vary depending on your stress levels, depending on your light exposure, depending on if you've just travel the far way depending on what season it is your gut microbiome should 
vary. It's important that it actually does. We don't want to have the same gut microbiome 365 days a year. So, um, let's assume, however, let's say you haven't had a GI map, and I'm saying GI map, there's a lot of different stool testing resources out there right now. Most of them I don't really like, I don't resonate with, I don't think they're accurate, I don't think they do a good job. Um, the GI map I have found to be the most accurate and the most helpful and effective, okay? Um, however, let's assume you don't know what's in your gut. You haven't had a GI map. You're not 100% certain as to what your beneficial bacteria levels are, what your pathogenic bacteria levels are, okay? Um, but you struggle with gut health issues. Maybe you're constipated. Maybe you struggle with IBS or diarrhea. Maybe you even have an infection like C. diff or an autoimmune condition like Crohn's, colitis, etc., right? The first place people tend to start is with diet and probiotics, okay? When it comes to probiotics, let's say you go to the store and or or you go online and you order a brand of probiotics, right? You've read that this probiotic strain is good, this brand is good, etc. So you go and you purchase the probiotic, right? Now, let's say that the brand of probiotics that you bought contains a streptococcus bacteria, okay? And that's going to be uh, labeled with anything with an S and then a period, and then it's usually a streptococcus bacteria, okay? Some of the bacteria strains, some of the, the labeling will say directly, this is streptococcus, this strain, streptococcus, that strain, etc. Okay? I'm giving you one example here. There there could be, just, just stick with me here because this is going to get to why you shouldn't spend money on probiotics and how the various strains impact your gut health. Okay, so you've purchased the probiotic. You see, if you read the label, one of the probiotic strains in the uh, probiotic you brought is a streptococcus strain. Now, let's say as a kid you struggled with strep infections, right? Or as a woman, you tested positive for group B strep during your pregnancy. So a strep infection um, can look anything like a strep throat, scarlet fever, ear infections, um, group B strep, yeast infections, Um, These are the common areas where strep bacteria show up when you have um, these infections, right? So you start taking the probiotic and you notice you're feeling worse since taking it. You're more constipated. You're feeling a little bit more down and gloomy and depressed. Your sleep's getting a little bit more uh, disturbed. Your mood goes down. You start to have joint pain and I can't tell you how often I see this exact scenario play out in my practice. An aggravation after taking a probiotic or eating a probiotic-rich food. So why might this reaction occur? 
Reason being, your gut is overpopulated with strep bacteria. Now, mind you, not all strep bacteria is bad. Some forms of strep are actually beneficial. They're actually an important part of your gut microbiome, okay? They're a form of beneficial bacteria when in balanced levels. Certain strains are, are, are beneficial to your gut. But when the levels get too high, when your strep levels get too high, and this can happen with pathogenic bacteria or beneficial bacteria, your levels can get too high in either range, whether it's good or bad. You can have too much good, you can have too much bad, right? So let's say you've had a lot of strep infections as a kid or throughout your life. You take this probiotic that has streptococcus in it and suddenly you're feeling symptoms. The beneficial strep levels have tipped to the side of becoming more opportunistic, more pathogenic. They're causing you to feel symptoms. Now, you might think, Heather, I had strep throat or an ear infection as a kid. Like, I was super young. Why would the strep overload be in my gut? Why would it cause this reaction? And this is caused by one of the most suppressive drugs of our time, which is antibiotics. So um, you take an antibiotic for your strep infection, and um, what happens is the sore throat, the earache, the uh, group B strep, whatever you took it for, it goes away, right? But is the bacteria actually all gone? Has it all been killed off? You're, you're not symptomatic anymore, so that's a good sign, right? You don't have it anymore, but that's not actually how it works. Some of the pathogenic bacteria um, remained, and they because antibiotics are so suppressive, that bacteria got pushed down into a deeper level of your body. So no longer is it on the surface, right? The ear infection, that's a little bit more surfacey. The throat, we're getting a little deeper, but that's still surfacy, especially compared to the gut. That's a deeper layer. That's in deeper in the body. And oftentimes, strep bacteria or any bacteria that we take an antibiotic for, we take the antibiotic, that bacteria, that pathogen gets um, pushed down deeper into the body, into the gut. And when it's on a deeper level, you won't present with symptoms at least not immediately, usually, okay? Um, you, you will experience symptoms later down the line, especially as you continue to suppress things, okay? So antibiotics have a suppressive effect on the body. So even though your chief complaint might have gone away after taking the antibiotic, you literally just push the bacteria into a deeper layer and the gut is the gut microbiome right right in there. That's a deep layer of the body, okay? So strep bacteria, um, if you're taking, you, you just spent all this money on the probiotic, right? It contains strep. You think you're doing a really good thing for your health. I'm going to start to support my gut health. I start taking the probiotic. Oh my gosh, suddenly I'm having these 
flares, these symptoms. I'm supposed to be feeling better from the probiotic and we assume that the probiotic is supposed to be making us feel better and we never assume that it would be actually causing us to feel worse. So often we'll just think we're coming down with something, we're sick, we're getting worse and um, it's not the probiotics fault because that's designed to make me feel better, not worse. So we typically continue to take it even though um, symptoms can often get worse. And this can happen with any bacteria. Strep bacteria isn't the only form of bacteria that can become overpopulated Literally any bacteria, beneficial or pathogenic, can become overabundant and therefore cause symptoms. I'm going to give you another example because most people don't think of Streptococcus as a beneficial bacteria, but it's, it is. It can be very beneficial when it's in balanced levels and it's often um, found in many different probiotic-rich foods uh, and supplements especially yogurt. is very commonly found in yogurt. So um, let's talk about lactobacillus, okay? Because this is a very, very common form of beneficial bacteria that's in almost every single probiotic on the market. You pick up a probiotic, usually the first one listed is lactobacillus, right? Now, Lactobacillus, just like strep can be beneficial, lactobacillus can be extremely beneficial, part of the gut microbiome. However, it can get in these elevated levels. We can take too much of it. And yes, some people will say, well, I take the probiotic, it goes into my system, and then I just it just comes out in my stool, right? Yes, sometimes some of that bacteria is going to come out in the stool. But when there's an overpopulated situation, um, it's it's not always, or and I haven't found it in my practice to, you know, all of it come out in the stool. Uh, enough of it remains in the gut to be causing symptoms and pathology. So, lactobacillus beneficial, yes, when it's in its correct amount, but in excess, it can actually cause autoimmune flares and joint pain. And um, I've seen people with lupus and the butterfly on their nose, these things get worse by eating foods rich in lactobacillus, which all fermented vegetables are rich in lactobacillus. And most probiotic supplements are teeming with lactobacilli, right? So you can overdo it. And most people, they eat these foods, they take the supplements, and they're getting huge amounts of lactobacillus, and then they start to produce symptoms. Any type of autoimmune type of symptom, joint pain, these are very common side effects of too much lactobacillus bacteria. Another one is bifidobacteria, right? Often found in many probiotic strains and in yogurt, right? But in excess, when we go over the top with bifidobacteria, we get things like gas, bloating, fatigue, weight gain, even obesity. So these are common strains of beneficial bacteria that when in excess, no longer act beneficially, but cause symptoms and even cause poor health. And we typically don't blame it on the probiotic or the probiotic-rich food because they're 
promoted as health foods. They're promoted as health supportive substances. So why would these things cause me to feel this way? They shouldn't. That can't be the answer. I'm going to look elsewhere. But bacteria are powerful, powerful, tiny little creatures. And they have very big impacts on our health. And so we've almost gone into this like probiotic trend in our culture that it's healthy to eat probiotic rich foods and take probiotics and eat fermented foods and a lot of people overdo it and we we want the gut microbiome to be diversified and it needs to be different based on the season based on where we live based on the foods that are available to us during a particular season the gut microbiome really should vary it should be always be diverse but it should always vary depending on the season our environment where we live and so if we're taking the same strain of probiotic every day or eating the same fermented foods every day we're actually not contributing to the diversity of the gut and we and we can actually cause Symptoms we can actually cause health cause health symptoms by getting too much even of beneficial bacteria into our body. Now, more importantly, I really want to to hit this point home, and this is going to be possibly new for many of you. For those of me who follow me on Instagram, sunlight underscore rx, I talk a lot about. I've been talking a lot about beneficial bacteria and how um, our body actually produces its own beneficial bacteria. Our body can make all the beneficial bacteria that it needs when we have the right diet and when we have the right environment. When we're living in the right environment, your body will provide you, nature will provide you with all of the beneficial bacteria that you need in balanced amounts without causing an overgrowth state. Simply by being in sunlight and by eating the right diet for you, for the environment you live in, for your location, for your health needs. And this happens when you get your eyes, your skin, and your gut in strong sunlight. And for those really struggling with poor gut health, I'm talking like things that you've tried everything for and you still struggle with poor gut health or you've tried the elimination diet and it worked short term but now it's like I can't eat anything besides brown rice and millet and a little bit of fish you know a lot of people with poor gut health their diet is so so limited right and um what happens is we're not getting to the root of the issue, right? And and for those who really struggle with poor gut health um, and gut autoimmunity, uh, it's really, really important not only to do get your Sunlight RX on and especially the Leaky Gut Sunlight RX, um, which I outline in the program for you all who sign up for the Leaky Gut Protocol, um, but also, I created a leaky gut photobiomodulation prescription specific to people with gut health issues that I give to all of my gut health clients and that I outline step by step on the leaky gut protocol course because 
this is a primary way to help reinvigorate reinvigorate the gut microbiome the the um cells that produce energy in the gut because what's a huge side effect of leaky gut and gut health issues is fatigue and depression and so one reason why there's so much fatigue there's so much depression in people with uh, gut health issues is because quite literally the cells, the enterocytes in your gut are not producing enough energy. And I found the and created the leaky gut photobiomodulation RX, um, which uses a specific red light device um, and, and frequency to target the gut microbiome and the cells in there to literally start producing more energy which um, diet alone, supplements, it's just not going to be able to achieve those things. Um, And this is why, this is why all diseases begin in the eyes and the skin, not the gut, because your body can make all the beneficial bacteria you need in balanced amounts without causing this overgrowth state when you get your eyes, skin, and gut in strong sunlight and not just like, oh, a day, a week, okay? I'm talking like you literally have to change your life if you want to heal your gut and not just through diet but your environment. Your whole environment needs to change, right? Many of you have heard the saying, you cannot heal in the environment in which you got sick in. And so eating an elimination diet or taking some supplements, you're really not changing your environment. And in order to really heal, we need to change the, the environment, get out of an environment that fuels sickness and get into an environment that fuels health and, uh, that fuels your vitality and longevity and energy levels. Okay. Now you might be thinking, well, how is this like related? How can sunlight be related to the gut microbiome? There's literally thousands of different examples here, but I'm going to give you an example of sunlight's role in the health of your gut microbiome. And I'm going to use E. coli as an example. And there are several different strains of E. coli, not just the dangerous kind that um, causes foodborne illness in some people. Okay, so let's talk about this a little bit. And there's been a lot of gut microbiome research done on the HASDA. Um, And the HASDA are um, an unmodernized, so to speak, tribe living in Africa. They live under very strong sunlight. They don't have strict sanitation practices like we obsess about in the western countries and not that that's not a good thing like I'm glad we have really good plumbing here and that's awesome like there's a lot of benefits to sanitation I'm not talking about living in a waste pit right but I just want to mention this I'm I'm bringing this in to show this correlation between strong sunlight and the gut microbiome so Um, The Hasda, they live in strong sunlight, right? I think they're really, really close to the equator. They're close to zero. And they don't have the the strict sanitation practices like we do. And what does this mean is that their food, their water, they're often contaminated with all different types of bacteria. 
And um, one of those bacteria are the quote-unquote dangerous E. coli strain, right? And these individuals, this tribe, they'll harvest water after a rain from vessels in nature that catch and hold water. And oftentimes, these same vessels contain animal feces. (laughs) And, um, you know, one man's watering hole is another animal's defecation center. huh? But... The Hazda, they're not like, oh, let's triple sanitize RO this water, right? Let's like put it through reverse osmosis and chlorinate it and add fluoride in the whole nine yards, right? Let's, they're not, they don't do that. They don't have access to that. They're not going to use these. They don't use those sanitation methods. And they drink this water. And literally because they often don't have any other choice, like that's their water source. Here's the question. Do the Hazza get infectious E. coli? Do they have negative side effects? The, the, the diarrhea, the gut-wrenching pain, the doubled-over effects, the fever, the nausea that we can get after being exposed to um, bacteria-like uh, E. coli? They don't. They actually don't. Modern humans, however, westernized humans... They could die from such an exposure, right? And we've been trained to think that this is because the water's contaminated. The water's contaminated, we could die from it. And so, safe sanitation practices, um, these, these have been implemented to help not contaminate the water. Again, great that we have good sanitation practices. It's helped us in many ways but here's the thing it's not the contaminated water that's to fault that's not the issue it's a weakened and compromised gut microbiome that's really to blame the hazda have gut microbiomes of steel because they live under strong uv light they wear minimal clothing under when they're outside in that light and they're much more disconnected to artificial light and technology and they live under nature's light source and time clock, the sun. And they don't have these effects. Western people, our guts are so compromised and weakened from antibiotic after antibiotic after antibiotic after prescription medication, you know, and then add in um, our indoor lifestyles. The gut microbiome is like so fragile and weak that it's not teeming with all this diverse bacteria. And we come in contact with a little tiny piece of E. coli and we're like vomiting and have diarrhea and are in the hospital. It's not actually the bacteria's fault. It's because the environment in which we're raised in makes our gut microbiome fragile, frail, and susceptible. I'm going to end today by giving you one more example of E. coli, which may be eye-opening for anyone out there struggling with depression, sleep issues, hormone health, or mood imbalances. And this time I'm going to talk about a beneficial strain of E. coli, okay? Uh, A strain that accounts for all the things I just mentioned, sound sleep, upbeat mood, vital energy. This, my friends, largely has to do 
with your levels of beneficial E. coli in the gut. E. coli isn't just bad. Just like strep, there's not just a bad strain. There's also beneficial strain. There's a beneficial strain of E. coli. And when your beneficial E. coli levels are low, then your mental health is really, really going to struggle. It's going to suffer. Energy is going to be in the toilet. Hormones are going to are going to be weak and insufficient. And um, something I've noticed in the people I work with who do have low beneficial E. coli levels, there's like this almost flabbiness. Like they can't they they can't hold a muscular tone even if they work out even if they run um even if they you know you know people who like oh i run every day and i run 3 miles every day and you look at them and you're like what like really i could not tell that like and that's not like no offense but there's some people you look at and you're like whoa i would have never guessed that you run like 3 miles a day because i i by looking at you there's no muscular tone. Your body like can't hold or take on that tone. Or you go to the gym and you're like, I go to the gym every day. And you look at them and you're like, what What do you do there? Because you don't, like there's no muscular tone to like show for the the effort that they're doing while running or or being in the gym. And oftentimes this is because their beneficial E. coli levels are low it's contributing to this flabbiness and the muscles quite literally can't hold shape your body makes beneficial e coli in uva light so what happens when you struggle with these symptoms and you reach for a probiotic you're never going to find relief because you're never going to address the root cause of the issue. Now, somebody who is struggling with those things, maybe their first inclination is not like, oh, I need to take a probiotic. But honestly, most people who struggle with some health issue, whether it's gut-related or not, one of the first places they go is, oh, I should really be taking A, a multivitamin, and B, a probiotic. So... um the probiotic however is never going to f- going to offer relief because it's not going to address the root of the issue the root of the issue is that you're not getting in the uv light to stimulate this production of beneficial e coli bacteria the beneficial e coli bacteria uh, molecular structure has a benzene ring around it and the benzene ring is only activated when you're in morning light and then uva light and then zing, here it comes, it's activated. Oh, suddenly I'm not constipated. Suddenly I'm not depressed. Suddenly my hormones are rebuilding. Um, just simply after getting your Sunlight RX on, this often happens um, with people who have low beneficial E. coli levels. Okay, so probiotics, am I a fan? I'm not because they're never going to address the root issue of your gut health struggles. It's almost like a band-aid approach and you're going to get to a point where you're going to overpopulate your gut with that bacteria and your gut microbiome needs this like diverse, flourishing environment, not the same bacteria over and over and over again. So now you may begin to see why probiotics are likely doing you a disservice, why they're a waste of money, and how you can actually begin 
reversing root causes of your gut health struggles. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Primal Pioneer. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, primal nutritionist, and primal movement coach. For the past decade, I've been helping people heal and overcome both acute and chronic health struggles, from leaky gut, gut autoimmunity and cancer, to soft tissue injuries, C. diff, brain injuries, and anxiety disorders using a 100% natural approach. As a former Division I athlete and trainer of professional athletes, I also help people recover from injuries and help them restore their body from the wear and tear that often occur from such training. Today, I wanna welcome you to the Leaky Gut Protocol series. During this series, you'll learn root causes of leaky gut, how to tell if you struggle with this condition, how leaky gut contributes to many of our modern health disorders, I'm going to teach you why our modern approach to gut health is failing people every single day and how you can start recovering your gut health using a holistic approach that allows you to restore and remove root causes of your gut health struggles. To get started with the Leaky Gut Protocol ASAP, Visit me online at heathershepherd.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com backslash the dash leaky dash gut dash rx. And stick around to the end of the episode for a chance to win my special offer to help you personally heal your gut. <music> 